0: So turn with me if you would to a verse in your bible that you already know and you could quote me but i doubt seriously you even remember or recognize this part of it and i bet you every person in this room can quote it Matthew 6:33 How many of you already know what it says Seek ye first The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, how many of you already knew what that verse said? Good. Okay. Let's put it up in the Amplified. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and what... His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. That's what I want to talk to you about tonight. You being made righteous. That's what we're going to get into we're going to go back to the first grade and find out just exactly what Jesus did for you and me. Because I grew up Catholic. And I'm not ashamed of it. But I didn't know a lot about the Word. I knew about Jesus and I knew about God. And we, we really did. We loved God. And we respected the things of God. I think, you know, in some ways, Catholics, uh, you know... <laughs> When they go to church, there's some holiness there. You know what? You don't You don't even laugh in church. You know? It can almost go to the extreme on the other side. You know? So we learned some things, and we knew some things about God, but there was a lot of things about the B-I-B-L-E that we didn't learn. And so I got kind of dumped into the faith movement, and there was a lot of things I didn't know. And people just assume that you know it. They just assume that because you're with Keith Moore, you know it. And I think that there's probably a lot of people that that's the way it is with them. Just because they married somebody that knew it, people assume they knew it. Or just because they're that that person's child people assume they knew it. Or just because they're that person's brother or sister, people assume they knew it. When you know what? They didn't knew it. And so when the trials and tests came, everybody expected them to stand as firm as they stood, and they got washed away. And they themselves didn't understand How come they got washed away? Because they were saying all the same things that they said. And they were doing all the same things that they did. And they still got washed away. But unless you have a foundation and know why you're standing and what you have to stand on, you're going to get washed away. And it happened to me over and over and over again. And I couldn't figure out why. Because I was married to Keith Moore. (laughs) Do you understand that? And you're supposed to know. But I didn't know. And there came a point in time where I had to find out for me. And it couldn't just be based upon what I knew from him. I had to find out for myself. And so what did it mean to be righteous? Well, let's find out. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. People have absolutely gotten so mad at God because they didn't get the things that they were hurting for and blamed God for it when what God did was He gave us His very best. He couldn't have given us anything better. He gave us His all. He gave us Jesus. But unless you know what that means, it will do nothing for you. Unless you know what somebody did for you, you can't appreciate it. And that's where people are. Romans 8 in the NIV. 5.8. Sorry, guys. In the NIV. And I'm going to read this. And so read it along with me. It's very important that we don't skip over the word to hear what I had to say. These words are very valuable to you and very precious to you. So listen to them very carefully. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in that God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation, therefore... "...just as sin entered into the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men, because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses." even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as Adam did, who was the pattern of the, who was a pattern of the time, of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. And again, the gift of God is not like the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Now get this. For if, By the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as a result of the one trespass... "...was condemnation for all men, so also the result of the one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. Just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many were made righteous. The law was added so that the trespass might increase." But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that's just about as technical as I will be tonight. Let me read a couple of things to you from the Message Bible. And you're going to like what it says. Verse 8. God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use to him. Whatsoever. No, I mean, it was just, we were of no value at all at the time. And then verse 13, the very end of it says this, and this is the point I want to get to you. So, death caused this huge abyss separating us from God. And that's what happened to us. But what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? That's what so many don't understand. Now, this is something, another verse I think everybody in here has got. Hang with me just a minute, and I think you're going to shout. Romans 10, 10, Every person in here has got this verse marked in their Bible. Every person in here, I would hope, would know what it says. Every person in here has used this verse. There may be one or two that have not, but... I think most have. What does it say? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. How many of you have ever heard that you have to make confession to be saved? Confess Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. How many of you have ever heard that? you got to confess Jesus as Lord to be saved. Let me read it to you through a couple of other translations so that I'm going to come back to that. The Amplified says, For with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ, and so is justified, declared righteous and acceptable to God. Then with his mouth he confesses and declares openly and speaks out freely freely his faith, and confirms his salvation. Then the NIV says, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth you confess and are saved. But this is the one that I want you to get again. The message says it this way, and it makes it real clear to you. With your whole being, you embrace God, Setting things right. Then you say it right out loud. God has set everything right between him and me. Now let's go back to the King James. And read the first part of that again. And maybe let's look at it just a little bit different. With a heart, a man believes unto righteousness. If you believe everything is right with you and God, what will you do? If you believe everything is right with you and someone, what will you do? You're being too technical on me. Y'all are talking to Keith. You're not talking to me. (laughs) Remember, we're first graders. What will you do if you think something is right between you and somebody? You'll act like it. If you think something is right between you and somebody, you're going to act like it. You're going to talk like it. Okay, take this for instance. Okay. We are voting for president, say. Okay? One minute a man is not a president, the next minute a man is a president. Is that correct? All right. The minute before this man is president, can he tell anybody anything to do? The minute before. Does he have any rights for anything, to do anything? The second before they inaugurate him, can he do anything? Not really. He doesn't have a right. He's not president yet. But the minute he becomes president, what happens? He has the authority. He has the right to move into the big house, to drive the big cars. It doesn't matter what kind of crud, filthy newspaper stuff they spread about him 30 seconds before he got voted in. It doesn't matter if he slept with every woman in the United States. It doesn't matter if he stole every person's everything, every bit of the money that they had. It makes no difference what he did. It doesn't matter how lousy of a person he is. Right? It doesn't matter. Does it? Doesn't matter what he did. Doesn't matter what they said about him. Doesn't matter what they accused him of. Doesn't even matter if he did it. He could have done everything they accused him of. The minute he becomes president, does that mean because he did all those things that he's got to live in a shack? Or he's got to walk around with his head down? Or he's got to not get some things because of what they said about him or because of what he did before he became president? What happens the minute that that happens? He's president. No matter what they said, no matter what he did, no matter how long he did it, no matter if he was that way his whole life, the minute he became president, that all changed. And it don't matter what anybody says about him anymore. He's still the president. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. You can gripe and you can grumble and you can complain and you can moan and you can say things and you can do things, but he's still the president. Well, guess what? That's exactly what happens to the devil when you get saved. It does not matter what you did one second before you got saved. Not one second. It doesn't matter if you stole from your mother. It doesn't matter if you beat your brother. It doesn't matter if you. It doesn't matter what you did. If you had affairs with everybody on the block, it doesn't matter. The minute that you got saved, what Jesus did for you washed that all away. It makes no difference. Makes not a bit of difference. And it wouldn't matter what anybody said about you. It wouldn't matter if they wrote it in the newspaper. It wouldn't matter if they took out billboards. Wouldn't make any difference. And the devil can do anything he wants to, but it ain't going to change it. You're still saved. The only thing. Only thing. Put verse 10 back up there. Man believes unto righteousness. If you do not accept your righteousness, it means nothing to you. You're not going to have anything. You're going to walk around like this. You're going to live in the shack. It won't matter if you're president. It won't matter what Jesus has done for you. Because as long as you believe you are still a sinner, as long as you believe you're still a bad person, as long as you believe you don't deserve anything, as long as you believe Jesus didn't do enough for you, you're still going to walk around that way and still believe that way about yourself. You have to, with your heart, believe unto righteousness. You have to. Then when you believe unto righteousness, you're going to want to dance about it. You're going to want to shout about it. You're going to want to tell people about it. That's the confession that you make unto salvation. That is the rejoicing that you make unto salvation. Look at what God did for me. I was a horrible person. Look at what He did for me. I was really messed up. I was drugged out of my head. I stole from everybody. But look at what he did for me. And it doesn't matter. I can still walk with my head up today. Because of what he did for me. Let's look at some more word about it. Ephesians 1. I'm going to read you some more scripture. Because I think scripture is more important than anything I had to tell you. Because the word never returns void. And it can come back and haunt you in the nighttime. That's what I tell the youth all the time. You may think you're going to do that, but the minute you get in the back seat of that car with somebody, my words are going to come back and they're going to be ringing in your ears. Thank you. And you know what? I've had them text me and say, you know what? I was about to do that and all I could hear was Mrs. Moore's voice. Mrs. Moore's voice. <laughs> and you know what? That's okay. That's okay. But you know what? The same thing's going to happen to you. When you go to duck your head down and you go to claim that you're not righteous and you don't deserve anything. You're going to remember this. And you're going to remember these words because they never return void. Because you do deserve it because of what Jesus did for you. And you are worthy. And you are valuable. And you are precious. Elsewise, God wouldn't have sent Jesus His most valuable thing for you. So listen to this. Ephesians 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus. Now these are saints, okay? Which are at Ephesus. And to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the what? Adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He has abounded toward us in all wisdom and all prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure." which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him, in whom we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of salvation in whom after also you believed you were sealed with the holy spirit of promise which is our earnest uh the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession Unto the praise of His glory. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention for you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. "...that the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to his mighty power." which he has wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places." "...far above all principality, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under His feet, and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all in all. And you, has He quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin." Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, filling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God... Who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins has what? Read that next part with me. Quickened us together with Christ by grace we are saved and has done what? Raised us up together and made us sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question. Does anybody in this room know anybody that's ever been adopted? Raise your hand up real high. Now, keep your hand up just for a minute. Keep your hand up just for a minute. Now, put your hand down only if, only if you don't think... That those people had special treatment over natural children. I think they had special treatment. I know, I know some real personally. I think that they were given more. I think that they were spoiled more. I think that they were favored more. I know Ramsey was. I know my niece was. Why is that? Because they were waited upon, they were expected, and then they were chosen. And they were given greater favors then the one seems like me <laughs> I know when my niece came along my mother said okay christmas is over for you guys you understand that right and that was the end and i've been around long enough to know that there is nothing more important than ramsey if ramsey calls i don't care Now, listen to me carefully. I don't care if he's on the phone doing work and a business deal. Hang on just a minute, he'll say. (laughs) Because Ramsey is on the phone. It is the truth. Because they are valuable. You believed God for them. Guess what? You are adopted. You are very, 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 very valuable to God. And the devil has tried every trick he can pull to keep you from finding out about this because he is absolutely terrified of us finding out about it. He does not want you to know that you have the very same power as Jesus. He does not want you to know that when Jesus fought the battle with him, that it wasn't for Jesus himself, it was for you. The redemption that Jesus bought was not for himself. The redemption that Jesus bought... The right standing that Jesus bought was He was not trying to buy His place back with the Father. He was trying to buy your place back with the Father. Glory to God. And He didn't just try, He did it. Now, do you think that today, if Jesus walked the earth, He would be walking like this because of all the sin that was put on His back that He knew you were going to do, and He was so embarrassed by it, and He was so ashamed of it because of all the adultery and all the stealing and all the drugs and all the other thing that man would do. Do you think He would be walking the earth that way today? Then why are we? Why are we? Jesus bought and paid for a valuable thing, your redemption. He paid a horrible price for it. He went to hell for you so that you don't have to go and you're going through it every single day. And you don't have to. Listen to some things He did for you. He died... So that we could live. A lot of people are not really living. They're going through the motions, but they're not living. Do you really think, ask yourself the question, am I living the way and the price that Jesus paid for me to live? Don't think so. He was made sin so that we could be righteous. Now, sure, you may have sinned since you first got saved. But you know what? He also gave us a verse that says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us again. Just like it never happened. So every night... Just like I tell the youth, I told you I, I teach the kids all the time, so I'm going to tell you the very same way. I don't care what you did today. I don't care if you stole half the petty cash from your job. I don't care if you had an affair uh, morning for breakfast, another one at lunch, and another one at dinner. I don't care if you slapped your mama. I don't care what you did, you get it right when you lay your head on the pillow at night. And you mean it. You confess your sins to God and you correct it with Him and you get it right before you go to sleep at night. And you're clean. And when you wake up in the morning, His mercies are new every morning. And His graces and His abilities and His strengths will help you through. And you say that when you wake up. Because there's not a person in this room that wants to mess up every day. The only reason that people mess up is because they've yielded to the devil over and over again and they feel like they can't get out of it. And that's exactly where the devil wants them to be. And if you don't confess your sins the night before, He's got you exactly right where He wants you to be. Because if you have even stopped confessing your sins the night before, then you think, what's the point? I'm just going to do it again tomorrow. That's right where He wants you. You don't give Him that place. You lay in your bed at night and you confess whatever you did that day and you get it right between you and God. from him and you wake up the next morning you say thank you God your mercies and your graces are new today I'll be a good guy today I'll be a good lady today I'll do everything you need me to do and you screw up in five minutes <laughs> thank you God that your mercies and graces are going to help me throughout the day that's all you say and it's going to get easier and easier and easier and easier and easier to not be messing up. Because Jesus' blood is stronger and His graces and His abilities are stronger. But what has happened is so many people have lived under so much condemnation that they don't even know the truth of who they are anymore. Because they got saved 30 years ago when they've messed up and messed up and messed up and haven't confessed it at all and so they, they're so condemned all the time. They don't even know who to turn to anymore. Turn to God! He can fix anything. He can fix anything. He already did. He sent Jesus. He is your righteousness. And He didn't send Jesus in the world to condemn anybody. And He already knew you were going to mess up. And He still sent Him. And He still said you were righteous. And he still knew what you were going to do. And he still said you were righteous. And he still knew you were going to mess up. And he still said you were righteous. And he knew just exactly who you were. And he still said you were righteous. Because that's who he made you. Just like that person got made president... Whether he wants to be president today because everything is going wrong, guess what? He's got to get up today and pull on his big boy pants and be president. Right? Because he was made president. Well, guess what, boys and girls? You were made righteous. And just because you don't feel like being president today, you're still president. And just because you don't feel like you're righteous today, guess what? You're still righteous! That's who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Just like he is president, you are righteous. That's what Jesus did for you. If it wasn't such a valuable thing, if he didn't know how bad you were going to mess up, it wouldn't mean nothing. It wouldn't be such an important thing. Why would he have to go to hell if it wasn't so important? If he didn't know what a screw-up I was going to be, there wouldn't have been any point. Do you understand that? If he didn't know you were going to lose your cool and get upset and mess up about something, why would he have made him go to hell? He'd have just said, I'll oh, sprinkle a little blood on it, get a little lamb, get a little goat. Ain't that big a deal? No. That wasn't good enough. He knew how bad we were all going to mess up. He knew it when he created us. And he knew he was going to have to do something really big. And he did. And he adopted us and he made us his children. And I don't care how bad Ramsey messes up, they're going to go get her. If they don't, I will. It's the truth. And my niece is the same way. Because they're special. And you're that way. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you are. You could be in the lowest alley, in the lowest gutter, in the lowest place of your life. And the devil tell you God's forsook you. God ain't never, ain't never, ain't never, ain't never, ain't never, ain't never gonna forsake you. It ain't never happened. It ain't never going to happen. That would be like somebody trying to convince me that Dave left Ramsey somewhere. It ain't never going to happen. It ain't never going to happen. It wouldn't matter what she did. I know. And that's the way you are to God. You are His adopted child. And He paid a high price for you. Why would he leave you laying somewhere? He paid the greatest, most valuable price of thing he had. Why would he pay the highest price for you, knowing who you were anyway, and then leave Gary laying in a gutter somewhere? He's not going to do it. He's going to go and he's going to pick you up and he's going to, he may have to get a fire hydrant water hose to wash you off because he can't stand the smell, but he's going to do it. And he'll wash you off and clean you up and say, okay, let's start again today. My mercy's new again today. Let's start all over again. Let's go again. Because you are made righteous. That's who you are. That's the God that you belong to. These are some things. He went to hell in order to take you to heaven. He was condemned so that you could be justified. He was made sick so that you could be well. He was made poor so that you could be rich. He basically was made dirty so that we could be clean. What did Jesus do for you? Think of the worst thing you've ever done in your life the most horrible thing you've ever done. Jesus took it to hell, bore it for you, then took the water hose and washed you off. Now you're sitting right beside the Father in heaven. You are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. You are. Doesn't matter what you've done. And do you know what happens to people when they sit down? Why are people sitting down? done resting you're just sitting down because you're not upset you're not frustrated how many of you men go home and sit in your recliner (laughs) hey put them hands up come on (laughs) change. Ladies, how many of the men go home and sit in their recliners? Thank you. All right. What do you do when you're sitting? You don't want nobody bothering you. You just want that remote and everybody leaving you alone. Right? That's what you do when you're sitting. You just want to be. And that's what happens when you're sitting in heavenly places. You're not condemned. You're not frustrated. You're not worried. You're not pacing the floor. You're not unpeaceful. You're seated in heavenly places with the God of peace and the God of rest. Because you are made righteous. It is who you are. Because of who you belong to. Jesus has already paid the price for you. Nothing else has to be done for you. You were adopted into that family. The moment you were inaugurated, it's who you are, it's who you became. You don't have to do another thing. Ephesians 2.6 says, He's raised us up and made us sit together, in case you're wondering where that was. And I'm going to leave you with this one verse. Guys, you can come on up. And I'm going to nail my own self to the wall. Listen to it, though. I don't want it quoted back to me, though. Okay? Acts chapter 10. Then Peter opened his mouth, verse 34, and said, Of a truth, I perceive God is no respecter of persons. And in every nation, he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. The message Bible says this, and I really liked it. It says, Peter fairly exploded with the good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. (laughs) Not a good thing. No, it's an excellent thing. It is a wonderful thing. Because there's no adopted person that can stand up and tell you that they're better than you in the kingdom of God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And it doesn't matter what place you play, what role God's called you to. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And it makes no difference who you are or where you are from. The next verse says, verse 35, If you want God and you are ready to do as He says do, the door is open. So this means you. I am made the righteousness of God in Christ. What about you? Doesn't matter how I feel today. It's who I am. Doesn't matter what I've done, what I've said, how I've acted, how I've uh, gotten upset. Doesn't matter what has happened to me. I am made the righteousness of God in Christ. Because of what horrible price Jesus paid for me. God gave His best. He sent His best. The love He gave us through His Son was the most valuable thing that He had. He gave His all. We should never, ever be upset with Him because He's not doing all He can do to help us through the situation. What we should do is stand up with our heads high and start taking the authority that we have in Jesus' name, and being the people that He's made us to be. Have we been looking at this thing wrong, putting everything back on God's shoulders instead of being the people that God's called us to be? We should be doing way more for God than what we're doing. We have been so condemned we haven't been doing anything for God because we've been so condemned and not standing up in our righteousness. It's time we stand up and kick the devil's teeth out. And all we've been doing is going, me, 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 me. And he's winning, guys. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Stand up with me. Say it with me. I am the righteousness.